Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the program. It's uh, February 1. We've dispatched with January. <laughs> and uh, here we go into February. Uh, <laughs> slipping and sliding all the way. Uh, wow. Uh, is there a, a public works department in the city of Pittsburgh? I'm just asking. It's um, They're curiously uh, invisible. Um, the roads are incredibly awful, uh, extremely slippery. I slid my way through one four-way stop um, with my hand on my horn. Coming through! I mean, it's just no, I a little bit sideways as as well. Um, I mean, I didn't see any, well, it's just because I didn't see any trucks, plows. And the only plow I saw was on the uh, busway, which which I happily took <laughs> to work. Uh, boy, it's it's strangely slippery uh, out there. This It's the slush almost wiped out in front of that toy shop right uh, on Smithfield. Uh, you know how when you almost fall and you go into a kind of a scarecrowy, you know, thing, saving your life and somehow manage to stay upright, how the first thing you think of is, did anybody see me? <laughs> oh, God, I hope nobody saw that. You know, it's funny how your, in, your, your first response is not, Phew, I, I just uh, managed not to break a bone, but uh, is I, I managed not to uh, embarrass myself in some way. Uh, I remember a friend telling me, and I have little doubt he meant it, knowing him, that if he were sitting eating alone in a restaurant, let's say, and he began to choke and could not breathe and clearly needed a Heimlich maneuver, he says, I don't think <laughs> I could get up and bring attention to my state. I think I'd rather die. I, seriously, he said he would die. He would sit alone at his table and quietly expire rather than getting up and uh, upsetting the entire uh, restaurant and having somebody come and save his life and uh, have him projectile, expel whatever it was that was in, and, and be the center of that humiliating, as he saw it, uh, attention. He said, I, think, I don't think I would ask for help. I think I would just die. I don't think I would do that, but uh, I and I think maybe who knows the uh, that uh, that life force that that is within us all that strong uh, will to live um, can jump in with even the most uh, depressed and or embarrassed uh, folk. I think I don't know. Uh, I am thrilled to announce that um, this program has a sponsor for this month, and it's a sponsor that I wanted. I received in the mail at my home uh, this little booklet maybe about, I don't know, a few months ago. And it's it's announcing the 2018-2019 season at the August Wilson Center, August Wilson Cultural Center to be exact. And the, the August Wilson Cultural Center is a place that I, first of all, pass every day. The bus stops pretty much there. It is literally around the corner from where I sit now. It's a beautiful facility. I have had the pleasure of uh, 
somewhat performing in it and also of uh, being in the audience for a number of uh, occasions. And it's a gem. And um, I was thinking, gosh, you know, August Wilson Center and me should be in a symbiotic relationship. Um, and so we're trying it out this month. And um, I will be um, telling you some of the incredible opportunities available there uh, this month and uh, certainly any month of the year for anyone who has not taken advantage of this extraordinary facility. It is a, a performance space, has a marvelous theater and smaller performance spaces as well. It is an art uh, gallery essentially as well. It's used for all kinds of purposes and um, we need to support it. We really need to support it. Named after Pittsburgh's own August Wilson and its mission statement says that it is um, is guided by the enduring truths and essential values evident in the work of August Wilson. So, I one of one of uh, the opportunities I had um, doing talk radio it was to spend an hour um, with August Wilson on my program uh, many 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 years ago. What an extraordinary human being! So anyway, the August Wilson Center, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to be hearing about it here. And for those of you who for some reason have never taken in what they are putting out there on this buffet table of wondrous cultural opportunity, um, I hope we can uh, get you up, out the door, and, uh, and to uh, a performance of some sort, dance, lectures, art. Uh, I'll be telling you about it. It's, it's unbelievable. So that's a happy thing. Um, let's see. Uh, I, 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 I hesitate and, and have been trying pretty hard not to talk about you-know-who because he he's he's crazy he's insane he's destructive he's uh, frightening and anyone who is not i have to talk about him today because of this i mean it's not that he hasn't done this before but we have become i think and this is what happens so inured so complacent so, oh yeah, Trump, oh. Who lies to us more than he ever tells us the truth and who lies so blatantly that it is, it is an insult to each and every one of us And the latest thing is is that, as you know, um, in testimony before the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee uh, earlier in the week, was it just two days ago? Who knows? Trump time is different. Everything seems like uh, so far, so far away. Didn't that happen in 1982? No, that was yesterday. It just, it's like a bad trip. So Dan Coates and uh, Gina Haspel, I think her name is, yeah, and uh, the head of the CIA, uh, they were all up there before the senators and doing what they do every year. It's some kind of a, you know, mandated uh, report to the Congress uh, from uh, all of the U.S. intelligence agencies saying what they consider the largest threats fa facing uh, the country. And of course, uh, they sat there for hours upon hours and answered questions and never did uh, the southern border come up. 
Never mind that, of course, the president says it's a national emergency. Uh, never did the need for a wall come up. Instead, they spent a lot of time uh, negating every bit of uh, lying nonsense he's been spewing about the threat from Iran right now, about the, uh, the taming of North Korea, you, uh, about um, also they talked about Putin's uh, desire to undo NATO and the EU and everything that holds Europe together so that he can have at it. Um, all of that, which Trump has been uh, helping Putin with, uh, working uh, mightily against the interests of the United States and um, our allies. And this was in open session, so it is recorded. Uh, their words are transcribed. Their words are in the uh, congressional record now. It's all out there. If, if you're a real junkie, you could have watched the whole dang thing on C-SPAN, right? And the president yesterday told us that he had uh, some of those guys that Dan Coats, Gina Haspel, had him over to the White House. And he said, that they told him, Sir, our testimony was totally mischaracterized. It was fake news. Let me just say this. There is no way any of them said that because only a crazy person would say that. We all heard them say it. It wasn't, there wasn't an interme intermediary that took their words and skewed them and made them seem like something they weren't, and then we heard them. We heard what they said when they said it. And they were not mischaracterized. If they were mischaracterized, they mischaracterized themselves in real time and that this man has the gall fueled by his narcissistic insanity to tell us each and every one of us that what we heard and what his intelligence chief said was not said. And then, case closed. We can't, I don't know about you, uh, the reason I don't talk about him is I cannot, um, I am a sane person. Yeah, I am a little neuroses here, there. Who doesn't? Makes you interesting. I am not crazy. And I don't, I don't cotton to living in a country where the president gets to, on a regular basis, look us in the eye and say, what you heard didn't happen. What you saw with your own eyes didn't happen. Night is day, black is white, peace is war. What are we to do? I, I fantasize about Dan Coates, Gina Haspel, head of the FBI, all of them, just resigning en masse and, you know, saying, we cannot, okay, we cannot have our words mischaracterized by the president. 
we cannot continue uh, the, to serve with someone who clearly is working against the interests of our national security. And we need the American people to understand this. Now, that's my fantasy. A lot of people will say, well, they're not doing it because they feel like they're the buffer between Trump and literally handing our nation lock, stock, and barrel over to Vladimir Putin. I don't know. And 40-some percent of the American people support this guy? Or is it down to 30-some, 36? Still, support this guy. So he is also symptomatic of a larger problem. That over a third of our countrymen and women are crazy, too. and are so desirous of having some kind of what they think of as a big daddy in control, that they will literally check their meager brains at the door. Ugh. Okay, that's why I don't talk about them, because it's effing depressing. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going through. I know. I'm I'm sifting through my uh, my papers. I have something else I want to talk about. Uh, Wait a minute. Anthony writes, I didn't catch the first half of your show yesterday until I listened to it later in the day. I heard you talking about seeing whatever happened to baby Jane for the first time. Wow! No one can believe it was the first time. Wow! What a classic. I've seen it so many times I've lost count. I love Michael's call from Polish Hill quoting my favorite line. But you are in that chair, Blanche. You are in that chair. <laughs> Loved Hush Hush as well. Betty knew roles for older actors were few and far between and took it and made a classic. P.S. Trump is a jag off. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, tune in and hear Lynn Cullen hack. Um... Mike says, it's not just a lie. This is Mike in D.C. You can still call Mike, you know. Got uptight because he's a federal contractor uh, who was had a little more time on his hands during the shutdown, so he was calling a lot. And we enjoy your calls, Mike. It's not just a lie. It's gaslighting, what Trump does. Well, I guess that's why, that's the crazy thing about, that's the thing that, yes, it's desired to make you doubt your own eyes, your own ears. It's, it's, it's desired. It's, it's intended. It's, it's, that's, yeah, that's gaslighting. He sits there and looks us in the eye and tells us that what we heard, we didn't. What we saw, we didn't. And he keeps it up. Day after day, week after week. And you know what? It has no positive effects. <laughs> no positive effects. It either drives you mad or you get numb. Both are not good states for a citizen in a country that is in distress to be in. Mike says he's saying what some people want to believe in order to manipulate them. Here is the definition of gaslighting. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation that seeks to sow seeds of doubt 
in a targeted individual or in members of a targeted group, making them question their own memory, their own perceptions, their own sanity. And that's what this evil SOB does to the people he swore to protect and defend on a daily basis. Evil incarnate. And Barbara says the same. What, what he's d that's what he's doing. He's talking to his base. He's talking to that 36% who are willing to surrender their, their own sanity, their own ability to think to him. She points out that George Orwell's, uh, the, the slogan of the ruling party in, in 1984 is this, who controls the past controls the future, who controls the present controls the past. You simply create your own reality. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I avoid it. Um, I avoid him, but he's unavoidable. And so, God help us. What else do we have? You know, we're going to head right into another huge crisis in just two weeks. You do know that. Because the federal workers are back at work. <laughs> but um, Trump has already said that the meetings designed to, the negotiations with Congress designed to uh, fix this, um, he says, are a waste of time. That's one of the parties to the negotiations. It's a waste of time. Well, great. So that means we're going to either have another shutdown, which I don't think he'll do. What he'll do is what? An emergency declaration of some sort? He's going he's gonna to cause some serious trouble in a few weeks. That's all he knows how to do. Chaos the chaos king. Okay, we have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. <coughs> Hello, Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, this is Joe from Beaver County. I wanted to tell you when you're talking about Foxconn, we have our own uh, Foxconn here in Beaver County. It's Shell freaking fracking plant. Oh, the cracker plant. The cracker plant. The cracker plant. It's, yeah. Uh, it's you should see they've really taken out homes, and I mean it's a big operation. And I think they they part of the deal is that Beaver County pays the school the property taxes for 20 years. Ha! I mean it's one of those. It's oh, a, just a sweetheart Jesus deal for Christ. them. It's disgusting, and it's I think it's going to be a bust. And then a lot of the construction jobs are out of state people because they're bringing them in. They're staying in these motels that they just built, and they're like from Texas, different areas. I mean, there are some local people working there, but it's it's a big, it's going to be a bust. I, I think it's going to we're going to be in trouble here. I, I just I hope not. I mean, I hope it works out. But do you know? I know somebody. Uh, I know somebody who lived right near where that land is, and uh, they sold their home. They got out a little bit ahead. They sold their home and got and left. So I mean, there's it, because they figure that the air pollution and other pollution from that uh, plant is going to destroy any property values that anybody has. And then we have shipping port. And then the funny thing in the mall, they, they're they building a cancer. Huh. And I said, well, that makes sense to me, you know. Yeah. With 
all give them cancer and then yeah all. right yeah well I just yeah so it's all it's you know. pretty effed up but I wanted to say it you were talking about uh, that Kurt that Schultz he I think right now the capitalists are shaking in their shoes because I think and I said this before the country is it it wants to have and you can't have all complete socialism but you can have a nice 70 30 percent you know where we have a good uh, back health care plan and a pension plan for the elderly it it just that's what we need because they're seeing that this capitalism is all for the top and it's not working and they're they're on to it and they're trying to cover it up because they all know they caught on to us the people are on to it now and this is great with these these people coming out, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, that Cortez and some of the other ones, that Camilla. This is all great. Medicare for all. Keep pushing it because that is a winning argument. I really do think that. Okay. I thank you. Thank yep. you. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. So we've been talking about something big is happening. Americans are starting to wake up. I think, but the powers that be, they control our media, they control our government, they ain't going quietly, and they're a bill, and, and then, you know, again, the Russians love this kind of stuff, because they'll be all over social media disguised, um, trying to turn Americans uh, against each other, which, you know, is obviously pretty easily done these days, but also spreading misinformation, spreading fear. We're in for a, a rocky ride, guys. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So I, I th- this actually is, a, is something that... Uh, Harkens back to what I was talking about earlier with the uh, you know the spy chiefs coming in and doing their this annual assessment of uh, of the threats that America faces and um, where Trump said he defeated uh, ISIS they said terrorism is still like way up there number one <laughs> uh, they have way up there climate change which the guy in the Oval Office calls a hoax. Um, They also say hostile foreign powers, and they're talking specifically about Russia and China. Those are Trump's, uh, you know, well, China, China, he, uh, he has a problematic relationship with, but Putin, Putin's his buddy. They also say that rising nationalism is a big uh, threat to the United States. (laughs) Well, uh, Trump has said, what's wrong with being a nationalist? I'm a nationalist. So everything that these guys said, Trump is on the, uh, the president is on the other side. And now he has said, they didn't say any of that. We're all on the same page. Here is what uh, Dan Coates said. You can check the transcript. The Kremlin is stepping up its campaign to divide Western political and security institutions and undermine the post-World War II international order. We expect Russia will continue to wage its information war against democracies and to use social media to attempt to divide our societies. And one of the best Russian bots going is Donald Trump. The president. When you see what our intelligence chiefs say are the threats facing us, and when you see where Donald Trump stands on all those threats, he stands in opposition to the interests of the United States. It's as clear as day, as clear as the C-SPAN 
tapes are of what was said. And they also said that China has a long-term strategy to achieve global superiority. They say there is uh, always a threat from cyberspace, always a threat of a pandemic of disease, always a threat of actually bad people using disease. And Coates said it is increasingly a challenge to prioritize which threats <laughs> are of the greatest importance. And again, I tell you that nowhere did they mention a wall. And nowhere in their threats facing this country did they mention desperate men, women, and children trying to get into the United States across our southern border. Didn't make the list. No, they said things like the president's good friend, Putin, will continue the social media efforts to focus on aggravating racial tension in the United States, aggravating social tension in the United States, undermining trust in the United States. And who, again, is the biggest Russian bot of all in all of those, in all, on all of those fronts? The divider-in-chief, Donald Trump. Just saying. Let's take a time out to remind us that the world is also full of love and creativity and joy and wonder and art and music. And actually, that's why a place like the August Wilson Cultural Center is a balm now for our very souls. Just going to tell you about one person. It's coming in. This is just one. Uh, Gregory Porter. Hmm? If you're like me, you've been left behind. You're not up on the newest artists. The y y If you're like me. In other words, old and out of it. Gregory Porter, here's something you could do on February 17th. Two-time Grammy Award winner, Gregory Porter, considered to be one of the most important voices on the international music scene. He celebrated around the world for his ability to combine jazz, soul, and gospel in a way that stirs the spirit. And I see something like this. This is an antidote. You know, listen to me in the morning and I will make you crazy. Then go to the August Wilson Center at night and have something that reacquaints you with the wonders of being alive. Gregory Porter appearing at the August Wilson Center one night, the 17th of February. He recently re released um, an album, Nat King Cole and Me. Oh, Nat King Cole and Me where he covers songs um, of the people, of, of one of his greatest influences, Nat King Cole. Gregory Porter, ladies and gentlemen. And let me tell you, something else I've realized about the August Wilson Center, the price structure there is it's affordable. God bless him.
I'm going to keep telling you about this stuff, and I'm going to do it happily. Ah. Um, Bob and Braddock says, I don't know if you're going to watch CBS News Sunday morning. I don't. I don't. I don't like my weekend, my Sundays. I don't like to watch any news shows. It's my, it's my day off. I, I just can't. Um, but uh, Bob's telling me uh, Linda Ronstadt will be uh, a guest. And uh, he says this is perfect timing, or in this case, imperfect timing, because one of her favorite singing duet buddies from back in the day, James Ingram, right? Uh, died this week. James Ingram, the performer who performed somewhere out there for the soundtrack of the movie An American Tale. Uh, he's, he's, he was amazing. Um, no, and I failed to mention his obit this week, and I should have. Uh, but thank you, thank you, Bob, for doing that. Uh, Beth writes, Yesterday on the Atlantic, uh, she's in Atlanta. Yesterday on the Atlanta Morning News, they were doing a segment on all the governmental agencies that are involved with security for the Super Bowl, which is in Atlanta on Sunday. I was shocked to learn that with our crisis on the U.S.-Mexican border, that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, crowd has a massive presence at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. U.S. Customs and Border Protection is in Atlanta for the Super Bowl? They brought in specialty scanners. What? To search all the semi semis, you mean the trucks, entering the venue. They have agents checking for counterfeit Super Bowl items around the Atlanta area and Black Hawk helicopters support around Metro Atlanta. How can we spare these trained border agents for a football game? I thought we had this ongoing crisis at the southern border, and now they want to see, they, 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 they've been repositioned to find scalpers? <clears throat> Jeez. You know, I, I keep forgetting um, there there is a Super Bowl. <laughs> Gee, somebody just sent me a picture of me. What the hell am I wearing on this show? <clears throat> and I have, like, black hair. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Yeah, times change. Um, I keep forgetting there's a Super Bowl. I have no interest in it. And it, it actually feels very freeing. <laughs> Not to give a damn. And not to be, you know, herded with everybody else into a, you know, everybody, this is what you do. If you're an American, you got to do this and watch that and... Talk about it for days and talk about it for days after and oh no you don't. I'm just saying, oh no you don't. I think one of the big stories that we will be talking about in the next few years um, is has to do with pharmaceutical companies on a few fronts. But I specifically, I want to mention um, the opioid crisis. Uh, there is no doubt that the pharmaceutical companies, um, plus drug stores, plus the distributors, I, there is an unholy conspiratorial kind of thing that went on. And sorting through it, heads should roll. People, thousands upon thousands of people died so that a few capitalists could make 
pardon the pun, a killing. Oxycontin. That is uh, Purdue Pharma, owned by a family named Sackler, or Sack of Shit. The Sacklers are a distinguished, wondrous family, one of the most wealthy families in the country. Why, the Sackler name adorns uh, all kinds of uh, facilities in the United States, some of the finest uh, institutions, art and educational. Because when you got the kind of blood money they got, why, you can get your name on all those things. And there was a piece in, actually there were two pieces, uh, in different parts of the paper about um, how to get to holding people accountable for this and God help the people who are trying to do it. There are over 1,500 uh, separate federal court cases suing suing pharmaceutical companies, suing drug stores, suing, and and the people do and the people bringing these suits are cities, are counties, are states, are Native American tribes, are hospitals our union benefit funds, our individual people. The first big trial is starting up in Oklahoma in May, and that is the state of Oklahoma versus Purdue Pharma. This will go on ad nauseum. But when you realize what these people have done for money, they should be, I mean, it, I'm anti-capital punishment. I would like to reserve capital punishment for rich SOBs like them. The ones who never pay. A number of uh, briefs that has been that have been put forward uh, show that Purdue Pharma considered, after addicting people to opioids, they considered marketing uh, drugs to treat opioid addiction. How's that for a how's that for a business plan? Hey, let's first hook all these people with a drug. Then let's market another drug to unhook them. They also considered the possibility of selling Narcan which is the drug that is given to people who are dying of an opioid overdose. Why not? Get the money on both ends. Since OxyContin came on the market in 1996, more than 200,000 Americans have died. I mean, when you, I'm sure you've seen some pieces on it. When this starts getting looked into, it is so repulsive. And if this isn't like one of the biggest crimes of our time, I'd like to know what is. This is capitalist crime. 
And this is the hardest crime to get people punished for. I'm, you've probably heard there was te a 10-month period, and this is back about 10 years ago, where one distributor of these pills shipped 3 million prescription opioids to a one pharmacy. <coughs> now, all right. 3 million in a 10-month period to one pharmacy. And you know where that pharmacy was? Was it in New York City? Maybe, sure. I mean, because a lot of people there. There's one for everybody. I mean, uh, Oxycontin to that person, Oxycontin to that person. No, this was to a town in West Virginia. This is where the, uh, the drugstore in question was. Uh, it was in a town in West Virginia with a population of 400 people. Now, you tell me, do you think something nefarious and or criminal is going on when millions of doses of a deadly drug go to one little pharmacy in a state ravaged by opioid addiction one little pharmacy in a town of 400 people. Yeah, stay tuned. I mean, that is when that thing starts to unravel, it will make, you know, the... Uh, tobacco and cancer, uh, I think, look almost puny in terms of the conspiracy aspect. Did anyone go to jail for that? Killing all those Americans, addicting them to nicotine and cigarettes, and then dying, they're still dying, of cancer? Hmm. This is unfettered capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. And as our caller said, Americans are starting, just starting, to wake up. Okay, little odds and ends. I love the fact that Mitch McConnell has denounced the idea of making uh, Election Day a federal holiday. I've never seen the, the turtle so uh, so outraged. He said, it's a power grab by the Democrats. Can you imagine? Making Election Day a holiday so that you can easily allow people to exercise their right to vote. And he calls that a power grab because, well, Mitch knows, like Republicans do, that if you make it easier for people to vote, they don't vote for Republicans. The people who have trouble maybe voting because of jobs they have to be at, because of transportation issues, because some polls are open a ridiculously small period of time on a work day. What kind of a country sets something? What, what is that? It's insanity. No, it's the ultimate depress the vote strategy. Our voter turnout in this country is an, an embarrassment. And we like to hold ourselves up to the world as some kind of bastion of democracy. Countries with the highest turnout in the world are all countries that either make it a federal holiday to vote. Obviously, they're countries that make it easier or mandatory. I don't know if I'm for mandatory, because if you can't, if you have to, with a gun to your head, be forced to vote, then 
Something's wrong. For Australia, it is uh, mandatory. And uh, it's become a big, you know, people have parties, people vote. It's a happy day. Turnout is over 90%. South Korea has a national holiday. They also are up in the 80s percent of people voting, Israel as well. These are places that call themselves democracies and actually try to make a go of it, as opposed to a country in which Republicans and capitalists hold so much power. You know, I was saying the other day that girls are, um, you know, outperforming boys in school left and right. Here is a, I didn't realize this, but 70% of high school valedictorians in the last uh, five years have been girls. 70%. That's, that's a red flag for the boys. another reason they didn't want girls to have freedom, have the ability to compete. What is more shameful? What is the most shameful thing that can happen to a boy or a man getting beat by a woman, right? Speaking of women, here's a woman I makes my skin crawl. Uh, her name is, uh, what's her first name? Karen, yes, Karen Pence. She is the second lady. She is the wife of our, <laughs> our vice president. And I, I've been late to the game on this, but did you see that she took um, a teaching position at a Christian school uh, in Virginia? And she took this position at a school where f she feels most comfortable because all students and all teachers have to, before they enter this school, have to sign a pledge stating that marriage can only be between a man and a woman and that they themselves are not gay or transgender. And this is where the vice president's wife works. Now, Americans are entitled to work wherever they want to work, right? Um, and Americans, by virtue of our First Amendment, are entitled to hold whatever religious views uh, that they want. But the, here's the thing. Karen Pence is more than just an individual. She is the wife of the Vice President of the United States. And as such, she is a public figure and a powerful public figure. And for the vice president's wife to happily choose to work at a place that a absolutely insists that its students and teachers sign on to something that the laws of the United States say are discriminatory, say is discriminatory. Because the laws of the United States say marriage is not just between a man and a woman. So to have the second lady wholeheartedly signing on to and identifying with an institution that tells a huge number of this country's citizens and children that they're defective in some way, 
that to be who they are, you can't even enter this school. That is, again, it's not illegal, but it is despicable. Ah, Karen Pence in all her Christian finery. Unbelievable. All righty, guys, one last thing. Uh, oh, no, actually, I wanted to, you know this story that I haven't talked about of um, the Empire actor being uh, beaten up in Chicago? His name is uh, Jussie, uh, why am I blanking, why am I blanking, why am I blanking? Um, uh, his name is uh, uh, Jussie, what's his name? Um, Smollett. I, I'm getting a funny feeling about this. I just want to say I want to go out on the record. I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I want to, you know, might be wrong. Absolutely, might be wrong. I've got a funny feeling about this. Um, I hope I'm wrong. But why? Would, with all the video cameras that are out there now, why would the Chicago PD, and the FBI's on it too, why would they not be able to? I'm just, I, I don't, something doesn't, something doesn't seem right. And the latest thing I heard that doesn't seem right is that the police he said that when the attack happened, he was on his phone talking to, I think, his manager or something. So the cops said, well, can you give us your phone? We're going to ask the manager for the f his phone, too. We just need to, you know, we got to get all, we got to get the timeline. We got to show that that is what happened at this point he was on. And if he was on the phone when it happened, wouldn't you hear the attack? or something. The fact of the matter is is that neither he nor the manager will turn their phones over to the police. So that's the last thing I heard where I'm starting to get this queasy feeling that it was just a little too, it's 2.30 in the morning and two guys are going to recognize him. Um, and have with them bleach and a noose? I mean, he wouldn't have been expected to go out then. He got hungry. There was a subway around the corner. I, I, the whole thing just sounds weird. And initially, he did not say that they said something about MAGA, Make America Great Again. And then on a second interview, he remembered that. I just have a feeling that I'm hoping I'm wrong, that this could turn out to be one of those things where he is seeking attention as opposed to really being victimized. I hope I'm wrong, please. Because when these kinds of things happen, if what I'm hoping against hope is not the case, it does such damage. And if I'm wrong, I, acknowledge, I mean, totally admit it. And It's not as if people have to go around making up that black men and gay men are attacked on a regular basis, subjected to violence and racism, uh, that's a given. But there's something weird about this one. I, in my head, I don't know. So I guess that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at all my stuff, and I think that would be it. Yeah, I think that's it. So it's going to be like 110 next week. Um, I exaggerate only slightly. Ooh. I did that again. I what is going? I keep like trying to break my. There's a thing here. Never mind. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, 
frightening. We can, uh, yeah, it's going to be like 60 degrees. Flowers are going to start coming up. It's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. Okay, guys, I was in a strange mood today, I think, but what the hell. Um, thank you for joining me, if in fact you did. And if you didn't, well, who cares? You wouldn't have heard that. And uh, I'll see you Monday, okay? Have a good weekend. And, uh, and... I'm not rooting for anybody in that stupid game, but I sure as hell do not want effing Patriots to win. I'm sorry. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. My head is going to explode. Okay? Thank you very much. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.